You are listening to Eastman's Flycast, an adventure fly fishing specific podcast covering travel, tactics, and next level insight. Now your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's going on, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Flycast for you. Uh, so on today's episode, uh, I connect with my buddy Dylan. Uh, we get talking. I'm just getting back from the flats, which I'm all fired up about. Uh, like, so, so we talk about uh, that experience down there and kind of the, the do-it-yourself opportunities to be able to go rent a house and, and be able to, to wade those flats and, and look for those fish and play those tides and sight fish them and kind of the excitement of it. So uh, we talk about that, and then Dylan's been fishing a bit in some tailwaters. And uh, we're planning to go here the next couple days, so we kind of chat about our plans and our tactics we're going to use, uh, and it was just a great conversation. Um, uh, we just, um, it, it's authentic, and uh, we get talking fishing, we're both fired up, I uh, really enjoyed it, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it too. Uh, thanks to Eastman's for their support of this podcast. Also, thanks to uh, our sponsors for sponsoring the podcast. We really appreciate the support. And uh, thanks to you guys for uh, downloading this podcast, listening to it here every couple weeks. Um, I sure appreciate the support and uh, glad you guys enjoy it. So um, if you want to help out the podcast, you can always share it on social media, uh, leave positive reviews on iTunes and things, and um uh, uh, really just um, downloading the podcast and subscribing subscribing to the podcast really helps out. So uh, appreciate the support, guys. Uh, enjoy the episode. Uh, hey, Dylan. What's going on, man? Not a whole lot, dude. You uh, you made her back to the nice snowy cold winter, huh? Oh, man. It's tough to come back to the cold, that's for sure. I could get used to that. <laughs> I bet. How was it? Dude, it was so sick. So it was um, Bahamas, which are all flats. And Bahamas, like, um, you know, like I, I just went for a learning trip, but this is something I've wanted to do my whole life. So, like, um, went there, took the family there. We rented this sick house that sat on the, on the beach. But, you know, like Holly didn't want to go to some remote island out there because there's these islands with just um, – you know, it's like wildernesses out there of flats and mangrove swamps and stuff. So we went to um, the more popular island. It's got like a population of 250,000 people. It's uh, Nassau's the town and uh, Providence is the is the island. And so, you know, there's there was some stuff for the girls to do. We got a nice house there, and I figured, well, there's some flats around. I'll just go go explore those and so yeah i found some flats out there um that are just like wilderness oasises out there that you go walk these flats and dude it's like a mile out and um crystal clear water and you can walk all the way out a mile out into the ocean and then it's like these huge flats that then come into these mangroves and um dude it's wild you're like playing the the tides and so like high tide comes in and the bonefish come in the high tides and they come hunt like crabs and shrimp and shit like inside uh like against the mangroves and up in that high water and then as it starts retreating it goes all the way down to just dirt to just to sand and so like it goes to nothing and so the bonefish have to escape out and they go back out to the deep water and it's crystal clear like different bottoms from grass to mangroves to white sand 
And basically, you walk around and you look to sight fish for these things. And I saw tarpon. I saw bonefish. Now they're tough, dude. Like, um, I wasn't on the best island. Like, no if we way. go to Andros and I take you over there, dude, it's like a wilderness oasis. It's three times as big as this island and it's surrounded by good flats that have bonefish all over them. Now, my spots were a little bit tougher, but, you know, like, I was seeing fish every day and getting throws at fish. And so, like, you walk around and you just walk these flats, like, trying to look into the water. And if the sun's really high, that's, like, good. You can see down in it. When it's low, mornings and evenings, like, you you can't see into the water that good. And I've hunted the flats once before in Key West for a couple days for, like, tarpon. And um, I caught a barracuda out there. But um, this was cool because it's no guides. Figure it out on your own. Try to find the flats. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, find the right flats and the right features. And then you just start walking around, man. And you just start glassing into this stuff. And when you see them, like you see a wolf pack of them, right? And like you get, you get <laughs> like one throw at them. Or they may be just like circling around feeding, but you kind of stock up. And then you got to throw these casts. And I forgot from the last time on the flats, dude, you got to be so good at double hauling. Like you got to be able to double haul to your toes. <laughs> like, like, like when you double haul, like you go, you throw all the way down when on your back cast and all the way down on your front cast, and your casting just has to be so pro. You're in the wind, but you got to lay that cast, mm -hmm. and they're always like just as far as you can cast. It seems like, like sometimes you get them in close, but and then you got to make a toss and try to make it by them and in front of them, and then start stripping in. And then, dude, when you get their attention and they start following it and they're chasing and coming and coming and coming, and then all of a sudden they eat it, and just, dude, just the hardest like ocean fish unreal like probably oh like gosh. three to seven pound bones but when you hook one dude you see your backing like the thing tries to head back to the ocean dude i couldn't slow the freaking <laughs> thing down like the one was just an absolute freight train where i only had like about 12 rotations left on my backing by the time it got done with its Holy run smokes. and then you know started bringing in and then fought them in and able to land them or whatever but um it it was tough and humbling but also dude just so fun Oh, so rewarding. Yeah, that picture that one you sent looked like a good one. I don't know what a big bonefish is, but that looked like a great one. So you're just – so you're walking out a mile out into these flats? Yeah, yeah. The Like during low tide, yeah. Um, I mean during high tide, they're pushed up mm -hmm. against the banks and the mangroves and just like the wilderness of the Bahamas. Like it's um absolute jungle. Sometimes like I had this one spot that I had to go through a bunch of mangroves and find the right trail or you can't make it through the thick. But yeah, uh, during high tide, they're up in the mangroves and stuff, but you're walking the flats just off them, looking onto the, into the mangroves and into that flat right there close to you because they come in to feed. But then during low low tide they're all the way out next to the deep water out there and yeah dude it's a mile out it's flats it's like you just oh. walk out there everywhere and so dude you walk double digit miles a day and like you know i'm used to walking i'm in great shape i'm like yeah let's let's uh let it rip and you know i could i could go do it in the mornings and then come back and hang out with the family and just sneak time here and there but um mm -hmm. like walking that stuff Dude, it wears you out so bad because you have the resistance <laughs> of the water that I'm not mm -hmm. used to hiking in. It's almost like hiking in snow that's like thigh deep or something because you're constantly kicking the water. So your low back at the end of the day is just so sore and you start to get used to it. It wasn't that bad. It was like great walking around out there. But it does get to you. Like it does wear on you out there. Oh, that's so cool. So that's about how deep the water is, about thigh deep. Mm. 
just depends. Like they can be in any water, like the shallower, the better. I mean, they can be sitting in six inches of water or they can be sitting in three feet of water, you know, but yeah, usually the waiting depth that you're waiting is probably like mid calf to to mid thigh or, you know, even close to waistline at times. But I'd say probably mid thigh is about, you know, as high as you're looking in there. Huh? That's way cool. What, uh, what was like a go-to setup or what was the setup uh, in general? Yeah, so um, got a seven weight rod. Um, got a new seven weight, which is killer, like kind of for the trip or whatever. But I'll use oh, it cool. as a streamer rod, you know. And then a bonefish line, which is pretty much a floating line, like a heavy head on the front of it, so you can toss it. And then mm-hmm. like uh, about a ten foot leader, and I ran half in like um, I've got really strong like this. Um, Oh, it's uh, called a uh, P-Line Halo. It comes in the yeah, green. Yeah. Stuff yep. is so strong, and it never line rots. It's just, like, crazy strong. And so I ran 10-pound or 12-pound for the first four feet or five feet, and then the next five feet I ran 8-pound um, P-Line to it, you know, which it's a little bit thicker than Tippet, but stuff is just so strong and crystal clear. And so ran about a 10-foot leader, and then – um, dude, I found a hot fly where I was catching, like, the smaller fish were chasing it. Like, every fish in the ocean wanted it. And <laughs> I did throw it some bones and didn't get them, but um, – and I hooked one that was, like, a barracuda or a tarpon in there um, that snapped me off. I think snapped me on his tooth. Oh. Just broke in the, in the weirdest spot, dude. Like, you know uh, uh, how with our streamers we'll tie that loop knot instead of the yeah. improved clinch. And that loop knot, you know, you tie a square knot and then run down through the eye, back through the square knot, five, six twists, back through the mm-hmm. knot, pull it tight. That knot is so bomb-proof, right? And yes. it broke the line halfway through the knot. And I had changed my leader that morning. No way. Yeah, so, dude, it, it had to be, like, it came tight on the strip out of the mangroves in and through there, and um, it was one of those days <laughs> where it was overclass lighting where I couldn't see a bunch, so I was walking the edges of the mangroves, just throwing in there close to the mangroves and stripping back. Dude, like, you're in the Bahamas. We're so used to Montana. It's 80 degrees. You're wait, wet waiting <laughs> everywhere, walking miles of ocean, and you're looking for these fish that fight so hard, but that day just thrown into the mangroves, and, man, I came tight on something so heavy that just felt like it was either i mean it could have been a bone but bone really don't have teeth or anything and it could have just snapped i mean but i think it was a i'd seen two tarpon in that area and threw at them like a couple days earlier and so i'm almost thinking it was like a tarpon sitting on that edge huh that's way cool what uh what was the take like those bones what's the take like when they eat it Oh, it's, um, man, I mean, they, they just hammer it. Like, um, you're stripping, stripping, (laughs) stripping and can see them. And all of a sudden you go tight and they realize that you're tight and they're just gone. Like, uh, you know, I didn't quite have my drag set, right? Uh, Like when I, when I hooked one, you know, where it's like, you just start fishing and it's like, you know, trout, it's, they may go on a run and pull some out and it's dude, this thing like, uh, hooked it and dude, it started spinning lines so fast off my reel that I thought it was going (laughs) to loop around and catch my seat like it's just Ugh. gone and i just like trying to slow it down palm in the reel and mm-hmm. just on that eight pound test dude everything i had you just not turning them around they just go on epic runs 
No way. Yeah. Like how big? How big was that one that you sent me? Dude, it's like, like what, a five pounder, I think. Like probably like okay. twenty four, twenty five, something like that. You know, like but so thick on the back and yeah. fork tail, and just built for power, dude. Just remind oh. like ocean fish are just like a like I, I don't know, you know, hard fighting brown, hard you know, hard fighting rainbow. They fight so good, but I don't know those ocean fish, man. They just go for it, you know. He was just gone out of that stuff, but yeah, super cool, hard fighting. Huh, way cool. Did you get to throw at any of those tarpon that you saw? Like, the actual, like, visually throw to them? Mm-hmm, yep. I threw to two that I found out, and... Like, usually tarpon, like, a little bit bigger fly, like, a little bit different presentation, and I've got that seven weight, like, you should be fishing something heavier for tarpon. Now, these ones weren't, like, the 100-pound model, like, they were probably, Mm -hmm. like, 20, 30-pound models, something like that, Mm -hmm. but just bright silver, just, like, killer-looking fish, Um, and and so, yeah, I got to throw at them, I saw them, and got to throw at them, and got to get my fly in front of them, and no interest, like, I got a good strip (sighs) by them, stocked up to them, could see him out there and got like probably like two or three casts by him and just weren't yeah. interested and i was like man i got a tarpon fly in here like i just need to change it up you know but it's like you take your eyes off them for a second and they're gone you know you, you're looking for like you don't really see the fish you see like dark shadows that almost look like rocks and then all of a sudden they're movement you moving yeah. like you really look for the movement they're just like dark shapes and shadows down there you know but they were definitely two tarpon that were running together and um yeah i got to throw at them a couple times they just had no interest in my fly hmm, too cool that's so sick yeah gotta go do that together that would be so much fun god that just gets me so juiced up just listening to it oh dude huh. that's action pack like when you run into a wolf pack of bones and dude you've been walking a couple miles like looking for this thing to happen you know and so like and then you walk into a wolf pack of them and they're swarming around like feeding and you're getting throws out to them and then they're to your right and you're trying to shuffle around and if you splash at all you spook them you know and so like you're trying to move okay. without splashing like they're real sensitive now sometimes you got waves sometimes you got wind sometimes it doesn't matter but i noticed they like i ran into a wolf pack one time and like did didn't even get to throw at them they just took off and as i started chasing i was trying to go faster and i splashed a little bit and watched them scatter mm-hmm. you know it was like oh really? man but once you find them you can kind of head their direction on the flats and bump into them again you know and 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 when dude when it goes off like you know i saw a couple good days out there where i ran into multiple packs of them you know but when it goes off you just start seeing them cruising everywhere and so you're out in those flats like trying to jockey and chasing and then trying to throw your fly in front of them and um like i caught some smaller fish and then i caught the one good bone is all i caught but i dude i wasn't on the good island i got to fish them every day and i got to throw at fish and like you got to learn like the good spots and the tides and the you know the learning curve is so steep and it's you know i'm sure if you hire a guide and he takes you to the right spots and points out the fish you catch a bunch of them and it's like Mm -hmm. you know i just had to pay my dues a little bit and um you know ran into tougher conditions the last couple days with the lighting and you know not being able to like go all day long like i you know like uh just going in the mornings and things but i think if you went to a better island like it's another hundred dollar flight and we really had plans i just couldn't like leave my girls there you know and like go go take off to another island or take off with my wife and leave my kids or whatever you know to go to another (laughs) island but i think next time like you just there's other islands where it's way better where there's a bunch more fish out and through there but i got to taste it and and got to taste the experience and dude when you get to throw at them like the 
the one I caught, um, there was a, a pack of them, and they were tailing right in the mangroves in there, like um, way in there. And so I was able to slip up and then throw my fly and just crazy. Like I, I think I threw once – um, nothing, or I got a bump, like it, it hit it, you know, and I kept coming mm-hmm. in and stripping and stripping and stripping and nothing and throw back out there to another one. I can see tailing right there and start stripping and all of a sudden have two that are just chasing it coming right at me. <laughs> and like, I hooked that thing at, at maybe 10 feet at most, like oh, it was no stripping way. right back to me and it was coming to me and I was ducking lower in that excitement, you know, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they just two darting for it. One just grabbed it and then took off, you know, and it was just a, a super killer fight but yeah i get to taste it oh man yeah i want to taste that's so sweet god dang it no i uh yeah i was thinking about it i was i was getting my butt kicked on the river and i was i was wondering how you were doing so that's that's pretty sweet you're starting to get it figured out that's awesome yeah getting my butt kicked in the flats just saying like <laughs> same i'd same. rather get my butt kicked in 80 degree weather than uh than 25 god yeah. dang yeah well, and it's finding no. the right flies and the right, you know, you get some throws at them and no interest in your fly, and you're like, oh, man, I got to change, you know. I finally found that good fly that I really had confidence in. But, um, uh-huh. yeah, just paying my dues out there. But, yeah, it, it'd be um, it'd be so sick to, like, go to that. Andros, so there's a bunch of good islands out there, and it's really remote. And, like, dude, I think, like, a couple guys like me and you, I think you can find hotels for pretty cheap out there, like – I don't know what you could find them for, you know, um, definitely yeah. do a house and bring the girls or whatever. But, you know, guys like me and you could probably do a lot of camping out and only stay selective nights and just wear ourselves ragged walking those flats looking for those things. Um, it'd be super sick. And I like I like those flats like, um, you know, it's um, you know, maybe could have taken like like uh, uh, got guided and, and picked up some knowledge and then, you know, use that knowledge towards going more. But I really like that you can do it self-guided and do it on the cheap and like go try to figure out those flats and figure out how it works. And you, you may catch less, but it's way more rewarding, you know, when you're dialing it in and learning it. And um, so, yeah, I think it's super cool when you can do that. Like those flats boats are great, but, you know, you rack up quite a bit of money trying to go out on those flats boats. And I, I especially like like some of these flats where you can fish for GTs, like giant Trevallis. And yeah. um, my buddy, my buddy Eric, like went and did it um, like on Christmas Island where he'd fish for bones. And then he got a taste of those GTs and he didn't want like he could care less about the bones. He was just looking for those GTs out there. But there's some spots where you can wade around on flats and look for those GTs that will, um, you know, go up to 100, 100 pounds and fight so hard, you know. So that would be super cool, too, is to try to figure out a spot where you could run into those. But, yeah, for me, like that – that bone fishing and a few bonus tarpon and um, uh, barracuda. Like I didn't see, I saw a barracuda while I was snorkeling. That was the only one I saw with the girls. But yeah, you <laughs> snorkel around, look at fish, and um, girls have a blast on the beach and uh, soaking in some sunshine, especially when you're from Montana. Oh yeah, that's so cool. Do you think, uh, say, say totally doing it yourself? Do you think like uh, one of those really stiff stand-up paddle boards? would would be beneficial at all or or would it be a waste mm, that's a good idea um but yeah i think have... the, i think those are even like a little kayak but just to yeah i don't know 
It it might be, dude. I, yeah, fishing off one of those paddle boards that you could stand up, you could get the leverage in the water, like the the perspective into the water and really see them. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, you might spook some from the boat, but you 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 know from the paddle board, but you spook some standing there. You'd be able to yeah. cast far. You'd be able to cover way more water than walking. Like I don't mm-hmm. see many guys run that angle or do it that way. Um, yeah. But yeah, dude, I think I think you're right. Like um, that could that could be a game changer. Well, like what I was thinking is like, you know, just even if it even if it was for just like spotting purposes, like if you had one of those and your buddy's like, like I'm on the back, you're standing up and I'm holding it just to give stability. You know, I mean, it's kind of a funny picture when you think about it, but it's like, I don't know. I was just thinking about because, you know, how those guys I've seen on videos, how the guides like will pull through the through the flats, you know, and they're they're super elevated. And it's like. I mean, granted, we wouldn't be that high, but it's like, gosh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It was just something that kind of came to mind. I didn't know if it would be beneficial or not. Probably. Yeah, that pulling through the flats on those um, those those boats, man, that's the way to go. Like, that's what I did in Key West and just paid the money for a guide and went and experienced it so I could throw it tarpon and, um, you know, throw it uh, barracuda and throw it all those fish. And, yeah, dude, it's so sick. You've got such a good perspective in the water. And then he's got an elevated position and you've got an elevated position in the front of the boat. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, then you just kind of roll through these flats or maybe, no, maybe you're not elevated in the front. Maybe you just, you're just standing like some boats have an elevated position, but he's way elevated in the back. And then he just pulls you through these flats and the man, it can be seagrass to like white sands to different depth to big blue holes. And you just spot fish and throw at them, man. It's super sick. So yeah, I really like the flats and like, you know, I think a guy could really do it on the cheap. Um, you know, flights are the most expensive, but save some points and some miles and be able to burn them up on that thing. You know, I think mm-hmm. the, the flights were, you know, you'd probably spend like seven to 900 on the flights or six to 800. I think you could find a place for a hundred bucks a night on some of these remote places that you could stay, you know? So, you know, wrap up another bit in there and you got food and you know there's other expenses for sure like uh, anytime you're traveling abroad you know you're spending some money but a couple thousand bucks 2500 bucks i think you go chase those things sounds like uh sounds like if it's cold in february you might have to run it back gosh right especially like me and you like we work in the (laughs) in the summertime and so you know like a lot of times we get free time in the winter and i'm super busy right now but it's like a lot of times we get time in the winter where we can go and it's yeah just like um work hard in the summer work an extra weekend or two and save some money or you know and and then um yeah just plan to go down there for a couple weeks and just bum around like we'll just bring our tents and sleep here and then grab a hotel room catch a shower do some laundry or whatever and just keep fishing those flats on some of those remote stretches but dude it's an experience it's out of the country and it's dude it's driving on the wrong side of the road it was like that was the (laughs) sketchiest part of the whole deal dude like there's um 250,000 people on this island and you drive on the wrong side of the road um you know and i've done it in new zealand before and dude you just drive around going keep left keep left and then there's roundabouts you got to go around the left side you got you know a free left turn but right turn you got to turn around into the far lane like dude and the drivers there are just gnarly like uh passing driving fast there's no law no you know there's a speed limit but nobody follows it like everybody just flies around and and there's so many people 
that there's not enough time to wait for your turn, you just got to start pulling out, have people stop for you and slow down. Like, you know, you're, you're turning out and, and trying to make a, a right or whatever, and you got to cross a lane of traffic. If you sit yeah. there and wait, you'll never get out. You got to just start going when you see a window or when you see somebody's hesitating or is going to slow down and you just go like you just people wait for you in the other lane. Like you just it is the gnarliest driving on the left hand side. I just drive around like nobody can talk to me. I've got to completely focus. Stay on the left. Stay on the left. Just try not to you know like kill everybody in the car or whatever. But it's pretty gnarly to get used to. Huh? Yeah, I've never had to drive on the left side yet. That sounds brutal. <laughs> It messes with your brain. You think it'd be easy, but it's just not. It's like so tough to switch over to the other side of the road. <laughs> I bet. No, I bet. Yeah. Huh? But no, you uh, probably pretty cold over there in Ennis right now, huh? Yeah, it's it's a bit frigid over here. What about you? You've been fishing, huh? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, God, I went and tried to hit some tailwaters, and uh, you know, it just—I mean, like last week, it just started getting cold. And so on these tailwaters, you know, all summer that grass just grows and grows and grows, at least in these ones over on this side of the state. And uh, when it starts to get cold and that water temp starts to drop, that grass starts to break free. And, uh, I mean, I knew it going into it, but it was kind of one of those deals where I was just kind of hoping for the best. Well, turns out, of course, I hit it right as it's starting to break loose on the first day. And uh, and this was on the on the bighorn. And... Uh, so, and the fish, the fish weren't on reds yet. Um, I called down today and the grass is still floating, but the fish are on them now, but th- they weren't on them. But every time I could get a cast, land a cast and not bring back grass with me, uh, it was good fishing. Like caught some nice fish, um, caught a nice rainbow too. Um, but then, yeah, just, it gets tough. You know, it's like tried nymphing a little bit same issue you know you got grass floating grass down so it's like here in about i well i called and they said here in about a week um the lake turned over and everything so here in about a week it'll be cleared up um and it should be good you know but uh yeah i went fishing another tailwater a couple days later and uh same thing and it was bad like it was pretty wild it went from a little more milky green than uh than it should be and i was kind of i was with trev and i was like dude you better hop up in the front and fish something something seems a little off and so we fished about a mile and a half and he caught a few fish and we didn't get down around that bend it was about 10 o'clock 10 30 and oh dude more more grass weeds oh it turned to chocolate milk it was brutal so brutal yeah, and those, those conditions can just kill a day, can't they? Oh, um, they can. Man, I haven't it, I haven't dealt with a lot of that grass like like I have. I remember it over on the um on the horn before, but gosh dang it, mm-hmm. like I forget. Like uh, when you can't get through the grass, you just can't get a drift. Like it's tough to catch them. It is, it is, and it, and it's one of those deals where I knew better. You know, it goes back to us always talking about, you know, looking back through old photos or keeping a timeline on when things are good and when things aren't. But, gosh, sometimes you just get the itch so bad you just got to go out there and just and try and go get it. But, no, it uh, – yeah, it's just – it's it sucks when it's like that. And, I mean, there there weren't very many dudes on the water those two days. Um, so at least everybody else had their, their head on straight. But – it uh it'll be good here in probably you know a week they're thinking about a week and that's kind of what i thought too but 
gosh, it's supposed to be absolutely freezing around here in, you know, seven to 10 days. I mean, talking like single digit highs and whatnot. So going to have to get creative or just wait till it warms up a little bit. But uh, we've got a little weather window tomorrow, tomorrow, Thursday and Friday. Obviously, Friday's Christmas Eve, but gosh, I just want to get out so bad. But I'm going to go tomorrow, uh, just do a solo mission, and I'm going to take the raft. I, I brought home uh, brought home a little four-wheeler, so I'm going to run run my own shuttle with that, test it out, just do a little test run. But I, get, I tied up uh, – you inspired me a little bit. I tied up some uh, kind of like some little leech patterns um, that I'm going to try and nymph under, obviously, an indicator – in some of these runs before I swing it and uh, see how it goes. So I'm going to, I'm going to test, I'm going to start testing the theory early. Yes. I like it, dude. You've been getting after it. Um, yeah. Good dude. Yeah. I am so sick to fish now. <laughs> like I, I'm just ready. <laughs> it's our season. Like the, uh, the mm-hmm. winter and the spring and early summer, like I'm ready to get after it. Um, man, that's awesome. Yeah. They look like great bugs you were tying up and do that. Um, that uh, sculpin pattern you tied, that little single hook green and white one, man, that thing yeah, looked yeah. dirty. Oh my gosh, yeah, I I saw, I kind of saw a pattern I liked on on Instagram. I just, I always follow these guys who have pretty cool ties, and I saw one that was similar to that, and I was just like, hmm, I could do a few things that I really like. But yeah, it, uh, I'm excited to fish it. I'm definitely gonna fish that tomorrow. I'll probably be the the weirdo standing on the front platform with my oars across the uh, the tubes and just standing there fishing out the front to test that thing out out, out of the boat. But uh, yeah, it'll be cool. It's it's got a little bit, it's got a little sparkle minnow in it. It's got a little slump buster. Got a little sex dungeon, but it's on that single hook. So a little bit smaller, but it should have really good action. It, it should be. It'll be fun. I'm excited to try it out. But more than anything, I'm really excited to to nymph those those balance leech type deals. Uh, I've never really tied any of that sort of stuff to you know because it's like usually when we get out, we either straight nymph it or we swing it. You know, and like we talked about last time, it's like, gosh, yes, we'll still probably swing it because like on the system that I'm going to fish, there's a lot of big rainbows in it. And for some reason, uh, over the last probably eight years, I don't catch a lot of them off the strip, um, but I do catch a few off the swing, but I've never really spent any time um, nymphing it. And so, I mean, what better than a, an egg-sucking leech under an indicator to catch a big rainbow, you know? Ah, oh, dude, you're going to kill it tomorrow. Yeah, no, it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun, but no, uh, yeah, other than that, haven't been out a whole lot, but I sure will here here soon. Gosh, we got to get together and get something get something lined up. I know I know this week's Christmas and whatnot, and you just got back, but gosh, we just got to get out. Yeah, we got to see what the roads look like. Maybe able to get out here for a day <laughs> yeah. or two, you know, make it back for Christmas. So yeah, we'll, we'll go see what we can do. Especially the the weather window in the winter time. You know, dude, you you got to go when it's the the right temperature and the right weather because. Um, you know, it, it may shut you out for two weeks when it gets super cold like that and you're just stuck at the house tying bugs wanting to be fishing, you know. So it's <laughs> yep. that time of year for us out west where we, where we just got to wait and then it'll get warm for a week or two and be above mm-hmm. freezing. And, you know, those fish can eat it and we can fish it. And so um, definitely got to look for those windows, especially with a bunch of that cold weather coming in. Like we knew winter was going to eventually show up here in Montana. 
Yeah, yeah, we've been pretty fortunate. And gosh, the last few years, at least on this side of the state, we've been, gosh, never really had winter. So it's about time one rolled through. But no, that's kind of one of those deals, too. It's like, I just don't, I kind of, this is a good time to look around to it, surrounding areas and whatnot. And just because, just because it's cold here or, or over in your side, you know, maybe a little south, a little north, you never know. So it's like, I like to keep my, keep my options open and just look for, gosh, all you need is just a couple days in the forties on some systems and you can, and you'll be in it. So it'll be fun, but just got to keep our eyes peeled and be willing to jump in the pickup and roll if the roads are good. But yeah, yeah. Are you, how are you going to run your shuttle? You got your raft on the trailer and then your four wheeler in the back of your truck. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then I'm going to go to, uh, I've got a takeout that a guy lets me take out. So I'll unhook the the raft trailer set that down back the four-wheeler out set it there hook back up drive up and rock and roll so it'll be fun it kind of i mean gosh it's been so cold and everything's been so locked up that who knows how it'll be but i mean you don't know unless you go so they might just want to eat (laughs) i do that's what i'm thinking gosh looking back through all my old pics it's like right now it's been i mean the last handful of years right now has been the best time like and you know post spawn stuff all that and it's just a good time to go out and give a test you never know i mean and there's going to be no one out you know so it'll be fun it'll be a lot of fun and gonna be bahan the new little old i mean the the four-wheeler she's she's no gem she's been redone i got it for a thousand bucks but it's like it's a tool, you know, so it'd be bahan that thing through the ditch. <laughs> it'd be fun. Yeah, oh, good for you. That's going to be a good rig for um, all the stuff you like to do, really. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Gosh, and it's like for for that 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 low barrier of entry, you know, a thousand bucks, it's like, golly, I'm going to – that thing better hold on to its hat because it's going to do some shit. <laughs> God, I know. I had one that I got for 800 bucks, and I sold it. Got my house done and just, like, no room in my garage. And, like, um, I just, uh, uh, like, sold it on the cheap. I was like, man, I don't use this thing much anymore. It's the stupidest move. Yeah. No, it's it's nice. It's nice to have tools like that because it's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll buy a shuttle all the time. But it's like, gosh, if I can do something like this and just be totally self-sufficient out there, it's like, might as well, you know? Yeah. And, and and there's some places that it's like I might want to four wheel up in the in the early summer or something and and start getting into some lake stuff or whatever and you know just good to have I suppose so no it'll be fun it uh, tonight's always like tonight's my Christmas Eve before Christmas Eve you know it's like going to my my one of my favorite stretches of river and it's like golly I just can't wait I'm not gonna be able to sleep I'm gonna be thinking about two foot Browns all night good for you. Yeah, you found them in there before. Um, it's like a good time of year to get them. And I really think what you're talking about, God, is um, I've had good reception the whole time, and it broke up like a little bit when you were talking about nymphing with that setup. Um, Elon's, oh, yeah. I'm trying out Elon's new satellite or whatever, and um, <laughs> I think I got to move the the um, with the router like a little bit closer or something. But um, yeah, like uh, that nymphing setup behind that indicator and those big runs right now, where you can touch mm-hmm. the bottom and bounce it. And like really work those runs, and especially like with, with with big fish candy on there. Like man, yeah. I, I, I don't. I love the nymph, and I think like nymphing that, um, you know, the sculpting up front and um, something in the back. Like I might be surprised with what you come up with. 
I agree. And and to be honest, I'm really excited because, you know, even when it's going to be, say, you know, mid 40s tomorrow, you know, it's still in the 20s um, the whole week prior, you know. So we've had a it, today was mid 40s. Tomorrow should be half decent. But those fish will be in that back end in that wintertime water like we always talk about in the tail out. And so it's going to be really easy. It's going to be a total depth thing, I think. If if and getting it in front of them, obviously, but to find where they are and in that slower water, gonna I'm gonna find the bottom and just work my way up. And it might take it might take twenty, twenty five, thirty casts to find a fish, or may not. But it'll be fun to just totally grid it out, you know, with that big fish candy. I think I'm gonna run. I don't know what I'm gonna run actually. Actually, yeah, I do. I'm gonna run that leech up front. And and then I'm going to run a big like a size 12, like Montana Prince in the back, like a bigger uh, nymph in the back and uh, just kind of grid my way through some of that stuff. And then what I'm really excited for when I do these go by myself, it's always kind of nice. And it's fun, like when there's two guys, too, but it's like you can totally nymph it through. Then you can swing it through the only downfall when it's just just me it's like it's hard to fish it out of the boat you know like on, on the third pass through so i'm excited to do that but yeah i'm definitely gonna work the whole runs with that nymph setup and just total and change change depth the whole way through um you know obviously try and find the bottom but yeah just trying from my experience in this system on those runs when you find one you find them like they usually aren't sporadic it's more so you find one fish and you're going to find five fish and it's kind of it's kind of weird they're not really there's only so much a water in it and uh yeah when you when they're when they're there they're there so it's gonna be a lot of fun but really excited to nymph it um it's one of those deals that i just haven't really taken the time to do on this river um or on, on any river but it's like when you brought that up to me a couple weeks ago about nymphing these big sculpins or leeches uh made a lot of sense and yeah I, i'm excited to try it oh you're gonna get them tomorrow um I know. yeah that's it's a great way to fish drive it. on over <laughs> I, I will be the next day um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's such a good way to cover that water and and like you say changing up your depth so you're probably gonna you know like you you, you pick kind of a leader length and then you can change the depth it fishes by changing the the length of that leader or by changing the weight and so tomorrow you'll pr- probably pick like a medium uh you know like a length leader like I don't know, maybe five, six feet, I would guess, to your weight, maybe even seven feet mm-hmm. to your weight. And then you're yep. just going to fine tune your weight to where you're at in the run. So uh, in the heavier stuff up in the head of the run, when you start working that, uh, you're going to be um, definitely a heavier weight there. And then as you get to those tail outs and it's moving really slow, you'll probably be down to like a BB or something like that, I would imagine. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to run. Yeah. Totally. And the one thing that I like to do too is I like to like those indicators that have that uh, screw top where you can screw it down up and down so it doesn't kink your line. I went and bought some of those, and so I'm going to do a lot of adjusting with the indicator itself too. Mm, so that's smart. Yeah, and so because some of those like some of the A spots on this deal, you've got to get down like at a snap of a finger. It might not be very deep um, because it's like, and it might not very be very quick, but it's like there's one bucket. And it's like if you cast too high up in front of it, you know, you're going to drag 
that you can't get into it. You know, you're going to hit clink bottom all the way, hook up. Um, and if you throw it right on it with not enough weight, you know, you're not in the zone. So it's like you've got to throw it right at the transition to get down. And so it's like you've got to be heavy. And then it's like a really short drift. You know, it's like a six, seven foot drift is all, um, which is a lot of fun. But it's, you just got to be fine tuned with it. So I like being able to use that uh, that indicator, slide that up and down and keep on. Like you said, when you're in the head of the run, have that heavier weight. Um, but then when I get to the tail, maybe I'll keep, and I could change it to a smaller BB too, but, uh, keep that same weight on there, but just choke it down, you know, choke your indicator down so that you're not dragging bottom right off the bat. You know, it's like that, 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 uh, split shot and all that weight can only get down, say three feet and then your bug, you know, that, that leech is going to have a little weight to it. And so it's going to be right in the bucket. So, but yeah, it'll be some trial and error, but. Yeah, totally. That's exactly how I'm going to go about it. Smart, that sliding indicator. It's so tough to move that indicator or retie it on. But, um, yeah, like you were saying, the screw top ones where you can move it and not kink your line allows you to change that depth instantly. You don't even got to change or add weight. You can just move that thing up or down that line to lengthen or shorten your leader depending on where you're at and how that thing's fishing. So, man, I think it's super smart. I can't wait to see what you turn up. Yeah, no, right on. Oh, one other thing. I got us uh I got us a Christmas present. I got us the uh so we don't have any more broken rods. I've been saying for 2 years now we need to get one of those double rod tubes, you know? They look like a big shotgun where you just break your rod in half, slide it in and you're good to go. Finally got us one. So, we're not going to have any more broken rods. So, oh, we can have nice all Nice work, dude. Dude, we can have all the rods we want rigged up, slide them down those tubes, and we don't have to worry about anybody falling on them. So, we'll be we'll be golden. Yeah, right on. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. We'll be set up. Yeah. Well, sounds yeah. good, man. Um go out and get them tomorrow and um yeah, I'll check in with you and see how it is, see if I can make it down there. I'm I'm uh, uh I I want to get out for sure. I'm sick to fish. Cool. Yeah, I will give you the full report. Hopefully, it's good and you're you're heading this way. So. Yeah. What did you see for snowstorm like uh, Thursday? Is there snow coming in? Um. Oh, for this coming Thursday? Yeah. 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 It says fifty percent now. Yeah. I wonder what the day yeah. is going to be or how the drive is going to be, but I, don't I know. know. Yeah, we'll just have to play it by ear. Gosh, things change at the drop of a hat now this time of year, so it's like yeah, but. Oh, over around Livingston has been nasty. The road's been closed some days. It's been brutal. Oh, yeah. yeah, that thing, that thing is a nightmare in the wintertime. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I drove home in the canyon the other night. My my mother-in-law told me it was 99 miles per hour, but it was 99 kilometers an hour. But still, dude, it felt like 99 miles an hour. Dude, driving through that canyon in my wife's car, I had never had that wind blow me around like it did the other night coming through there. They had to be 60-mile-an-hour winds coming through there, you know, which, yeah, oh. 99, you know, it, the, the math works out, but... 60-mile-an-hour gust coming through that thing, just gnarly. And any time you're on that snow or ice, that wind can blow you sideways on that stuff. Um, yeah. God, it makes me think, like, studs on a truck wouldn't be a – like, I never get studs. I always drive all terrains. They get good mileage, good in the mountains. And then snow and ice, you know, you just learn how to drive in it, and you're just good, you know. It's like even in yeah. bad conditions. But some of those days, like that – day i came home from um your neck of the woods after muley hunting that highway that day yeah. it was just a sheet yeah. of ice so you're like some of that stuff you hit is so slick where it's like you'd almost give anything to have some studs on your tires just to grip that slick shit and and, and that black 
eyes too. You can't see it coming, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it'll be just glossed over the the highway or whatever. So, it for some instances it would be nice to have those studs. Yeah, yeah, big time. And I'm, I was just telling my wife this the other day because her her parents were out here and they had to go home and they left in that snowstorm we had just a few days ago, and it's like. I am not one to give advice when driving on nasty roads because it's like I'm not a big fan of them, period. You know, it's like I, I, I'll drive them in the middle of the day when the sun's up and I can see everything. But it's like if I got to be driving nasty roads and in dawn or dusk, it's like, yeah, shit ain't for me. Like, yeah, studs would be studs would be legit or some of those low those low profile. They're not even chains. You know, you know, the ones I'm talking, they sell them at like uh I don't know. My my father-in-law had some of like Les Schwab. They're real thin, but anyways, yeah, it's like no, yeah, studs would be legit because I'm not I'm not a fan of uh, packed snow, ice, black ice, any of that stuff. But what sometimes about where just... we were mule deer hunting where I slid off the road. <laughs> that stuff was so gnarly. Oh my god! I almost <laughs> lost my truck to the abyss. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, no, that. Uh... The things you do for uh, for a few fish and to, and to chase a few mule deer, it's like, uh, yeah, people think guy's crazy. But, yeah, studs, chains, something. But, uh, I, 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 I mean, avoid it at all costs, but sometimes you just got to send it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sometimes you do. Sometimes there's... <laughs> Sometimes there's big fish out there and you got to get there to go do it. And it's, you know, it's wintertime in Montana, like seven, eight months out of the year. And so you never know when you're going to hit one of those storms. And, and yeah, like a lot of times we're weekend warriors and working all week. And it's like, you got a weekend in two days. What do you think I'm going to do? Like I'm going to go for it, you know? And like, you just make the choice that you're going to drive through it. And, um, you know, I've always been able to keep myself safe, but, um, you get in some sketchy conditions. That one time coming home that, talked about that i think was last year from um coming back from your neck of the woods like i think from your house to mine is about three hours yeah i can't remember what we took it was something crazy like uh seven eight hours to get home yeah Yeah, seven hours i think is what it was took me to get home driving so slow and those semis just going so fast on that stuff and yeah if you had studs on your tires you'd just be grippy in that ice it'd just be really Mm -hmm. nice um, yeah. I don't know. I may have to do that one of these years. I'm turning into an old guy who gets studs on his tires. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're in good hands though. That your tundra has seen some shit. Like <laughs> that thing is is uh there there's no there's no vehicle on the road that's seen as much as that thing, so she'll keep you safe. <laughs> yeah, she sure will. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Well dude, um always fun to talk with you. Uh it's great to be able to tell you about those flats. And um, super excited to be getting after these browns. I saw that picture of that solid brown I caught late summer again. God, what a stud of a fish. Need to Oof. find another one like that or bigger. Let's do it. I'll uh, I'll send you some pics that will make you drive on any road after tomorrow. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll be on my way. So thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Later.